Welcome to the podcast of Christ Covenant Church, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America, located in the township of Langley, British Columbia. My name is Gary Vanderveen, and I'm the senior pastor here. If you would like to know more about our congregation, please visit us online at www.langleychurch.org. Last Sunday, we looked at the words, lead us not into temptation. We noted that we are in the battle for our lives. And there are three things that tempt us, three things that entice us, three things that seek to, to, to push us away from God and from our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The flesh, the world, and the devil. We noted that if we are living the Christian life, if we are praying the Lord's Prayer from the heart, if we are living into the reality of the Lord's Prayer, we will be assaulted on all fronts, the flesh, the world, and the devil. Is my mic not working? Okay, good, good. The Christian life, of course, is not an easy one. It is a daily grind. It is an hourly challenge. It is a minute-by-minute battle. So we need God's protection. We need divine protection. We noted that we are in need of God's protection because we are weaker than we think. We are weak people. You are weak, I am weak, we are all weak. With that great hymn, we confess just how weak we are. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And that, of course, doesn't mean that we're losers. It doesn't mean that we are people without hope. It doesn't mean that we are consigned to a life of continual defeat. On the contrary, we need protection and we have protection. Our Heavenly Father protects us. Our Heavenly Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives us, grants us, imparts to us the resurrection life of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But we must ask for that protection. We must beg for that protection because we are weak. And so we pray. We pray. We pray that our Heavenly Father would sustain us, uphold us, strengthen us, keep us, guard us, give us all things necessary to win the battle, the battle for our lives. Today we want to look at a second point. We need divine protection not simply because we are weaker than we think, but also because our enemy is stronger than we think. Evil is stronger than we think. The evil one is stronger than we think. You may have noticed when I read the text this morning, verse 13, that the ESV says, deliver us from evil. 
Other translations, like the NIV, the New International Version, say, deliver us from the evil one. And sometimes commentators argue about which translation is preferable, which translation is best. Deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. And I prefer to stick with the ambiguity of the text. You know, the, the choice is not whether we pray that God deliver us from evil on the one hand, or we pray that God would deliver us from the evil, ha- uh, from the evil one on the other. No, we pray both that God will deliver us from evil and from the evil one. There are all kinds of evils in this world. And many contemporary commentators speak of those evils in terms of isms. The evil of communism, the evil of materialism, the evil of individualism, the evil of environmentalism. Ism this, ism that, the evil of isms. But there is, of course, a danger of speaking of isms and systems in an impersonal way, as if evil exists apart from the evil one. And this morning we need to remember that behind every evil, behind every ism, behind every darkness in this world is the very real and personal evil of the evil one. The key, of course, to winning any battle is to know your enemy, and we are not simply fighting against isms and systems, against evil in the abstract. We are fighting against real, personal, evil powers. Think of how sin entered the world. Adam and Eve were not tempted by some abstract principle. It wasn't like they were walking around in the garden and suddenly they hatched this plan that they thought all by themselves. No, the evil one, the accuser, the Satan, the father of lies, he who was a murderer from the beginning, a real, personal evil spiritual being came to Adam and Eve in the garden and tempted them with lies. So we must remember that behind the evil in this world is the evil being, the evil one, whom we call Satan. We're not fighting against an abstraction. We are not fighting against generic evil, whatever that even means. We are fighting against something far more powerful. Our enemy is stronger than we think. And so we need protection. We need divine protection. We are fighting against someone who is intelligent, malevolent, powerful, a spiritual being who leads an army of evil beings like himself. Make no mistake about it, Satan exists, demons exist, 
they are real and they are fighting against us. They are waging a battle against us today. And they seek to destroy you. And they seek to lead you straight to the pit of hell. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul tells us that our battle is not primarily against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against, not primarily against other human beings, but against the heavenly host of demonic powers. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now we sometimes think that our battle is against those people who rebel against God. We fight against those who preach and promote a false gospel. We fight against those ideologies that promote ideas contrary to the gospel. We fight against those philosophies that promote and and celebrate sin. And, and all of this is true. I'm not going to deny that for a second. But what we must never forget is that behind all of these battles, all of these real battles, is a deeper battle, a spiritual battle. And Paul uses all of these terms, rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil, to refer to that evil spiritual army. One commentator puts it this way. He says, and I quote, Paul and church members in the first century world believed that the unseen spiritual realm contained malignant demonic forces and Ephesians 6.12 is a stern reminder that our warfare is primarily against hostile, demonic powers. Now, we don't have time to get into all the details here, but the spiritual realm is one of the most misunderstood topics in the church today. Either we veer way off to one side and we think that demonic powers have way more authority than they do, uh, like those... Uh, demons that we read of in the Frank Peretti novels of the 1980s. Or we completely ignore the reality of the spiritual realm and, and we deny and limit the uh, power and authority of demons, which is probably our tendency. It's a little more complicated than this, but I'll say it anyway. I've been rereading uh, Peter Lightheart's great book, The Kingdom and the Power, which I commend to you all. Uh, If you've read it, give me one honk. That means the rest of you need to read it. This is great. You've got a reading assignment this week. A great introduction to the Christian faith. 
And as I was reading uh, this book last week, I was reminded of Job's sickness and how the Bible speaks of Job's sickness versus the way we often think of his sickness. How was it that Job's body was covered from head to toe with loathsome sores? What was, was he sick in the, in the natural sense of the word? Did his, his body just uh, fail him naturally because he came down with this illness? No. He was spiritually assaulted by Satan. These were, you could put it this way, these were spiritually generated sores. Sores brought about by the diabolical general of that demonic force, that demonic host. And we must be aware that these sorts of spiritual battles occur today. And that is why Paul tells us at the end uh, of, of Romans 6 that we must put on the armor of God and a quote, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, verse 18. Sometimes the suffering we endure in this world is simply and only spiritual in nature. And by that I mean that there is a spiritual battle going on with physical consequences. Sometimes we are sick because we are assaulted by demonic powers. The devil is real. He is powerful. He is strong. He is set on your destruction. As we read this morning, as Peter tells us, he is a lion waiting to devour you. Do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 22? In verse 31, he says to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has, dem has Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. And what's interesting to note there, and it doesn't come out in the English, is that Jesus uses the plural form of the pronoun you. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you. You and all the other disciples, to have you in the plural. Satan demanded to have you all. Okay? That's how he operates. That's his desire. That's his goal. He is never content with winning just one or two of us. He wants to bring us all down. And praise God that through the life death, resurrection, and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a defeated foe. I saw Satan fall like lightning, Jesus says. He is the bound up strong man, Jesus says. He is a roaring lion, but he's on a leash. But never, never, never undermine his strength and power. Even as we are weaker than we think, so too the evil one is stronger than we think. He is a real enemy. 
And day and night, 24-7, he's plotting your downfall. He wants you to worship false gods. He wants you to give yourself to idols. He wants you to find those things in this world that are good and true and beautiful. He wants you to make those things your ultimate reality. He wants you to have so much success that you forget the one who gave you success. He wants to dull your mind with, with entertainment and, and fun things that consume all of your time so that you have no time for the things of heaven. He wants you to be so satisfied with the things of this life that you don't think about the spiritual realities. And so we pray, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Let me mention one other weapon that the evil one and the forces of darkness use against us. A spiritual weapon that they use against us. A weapon that Jesus actually identifies for us in the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. And that is persecution. Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, Jesus says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, when we think of persecution, we often think in terms of government oppression, like the oppression uh, experienced in days gone by in the Soviet Union or in China. But here, Jesus links persecution to gossip and lies. Blessed are you when others revile you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. They speak lies against you. They gossip about you. And it should be no surprise to us that the world misrepresents us, that they lie about us, that they put a negative spin on our views, that they misrepresent us, that they fabricate false narratives about us. Satan, of course, is the author of all conspiracy theories. He's the great conspiracy theorist. He is, after all, the father of lies. He lied to Adam and Eve, and in the early church, of course, he, he lied by redefining the Lord's Supper in, in cannibalistic terms so that the Christians, the early Christians in the Roman Empire, were falsely accused of eating other human beings. And on and on it goes. 
When the cultural priests of the evil one gain power, they apply pressure upon us. They apply pressure upon the church. They apply pressure upon Christians to conform our way of thinking to theirs, to conform our way of life to theirs. And if we refuse, if we live into the reality of the Lord's prayer, they revile us. They speak evil against us falsely. They blacklist us. They cancel us. They persecute us. And the question we need to ask ourselves this morning is this. Have we prepared for the assaults of the evil one? Are we prepared for the assaults of the evil one? Have we, are we, praying earnestly from the heart as as dependent children for divine protection? We pray for divine protection because we are weaker than we think. And we pray for divine protection because our enemy, the evil one, is stronger than we think. We pray to our Heavenly Father because He alone can protect us. We pray because, we, because He has given us His Son to protect us. And we pray because Jesus has given us this prayer to protect us. Let us therefore pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Amen. Amen.